Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles high. If you don't have a Bible, lift your hand, whatever you have to make your faith confession. If you have a Bible, hand, whatever, mobile device, let's say this together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. I want you to go to this scripture. I want you to go to this scripture, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Say it's a night of healing. Say, I'm getting healed tonight. Spirit, soul, body. Say, I'm getting healed. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 4. Surely, which means there's no doubt except if it's in you. Because he made up his mind about it. Say, his mind's made up. Talk to me, church. Say, his mind's made up. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. What's that, Bishop? When we do what we know we ain't got no business doing. Which means Jesus said, listen, he's so good. He said, you're going to do some stuff that you ain't got no business doing, and I know you're going to do it, and I'm going to pay the price for it anyhow. Who couldn't serve a God like that? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. What's iniquity? That's generational sin. The chastisement and generational curses, which means tonight is some curses that you've been struggling with. That's going to end in about 20 minutes. See, see, you, somebody else said, how? Your faith and your expectation will put a demand on how. But he was wounded. For our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our shalom, peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well, was upon who? Him. And by his 
stripes. Now, now look, look at me, church. What stripes is he talking about? Now, he ain't talking about uh, literal stripes. They're talking about when they would strike him on the back. And every time they did that, that was called a stripe, which was really a strike. And every time they struck him, they were buying healing. Every time they struck him, it hurt him to heal us. So while they said, I'm putting a hurting on him, he says, but 2,000 years later, you're putting a healing on them. Y'all not, you're not, you're not getting it. So you ought to thank God for the people that beat Jesus because every time they struck him, they were really buying our healing. I say you got to thank God for your enemies more than your friends. The chastisement for our shalom, our peace in Hebrew, was upon him. And by his stripes, we are. Now, now lead the verse up. By his stripes, one day. You can be healed. By his stripes, in the sweet by and by, no, by his stripes, you shout it like it's your, your own verse. We are free. Say it again. We are now here's the trip about this. Isaiah is writing this before Jesus ever comes on the scene. So how is Isaiah writing about something that is to come and talking about it like it already is? Lay your hands on yourself. Say in the name of Jesus. I am healed. Head to toe. Spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, give him praise. If you believe it, give him praise. Father, speak to us now. We pray that as I teach, that immediately following teaching would be manifestation. I pray that as I minister, immediately following that ministry may be manifestation. I pray that tonight, every blockage and hindrance to healing that has been in the minds of your people, that it would fall down tonight and that it would be replaced, Father, with your word that says, with your stripes the stripes you shed and the stripes you were uh, took on 2,000 years ago that we would be healed tonight I declare that there's a healing virtue that's already flowing in this place I declare there's a healing virtue already flowing in this place and negative doctor's reports are going to be changed tonight and cancer reports are going to be changed tonight and disease reports are going to be changed tonight now I need some radical folk to take 60 seconds and put a praise on it before we see it Oh, come on, I need some people to raise a praise in this place before we see it. He goes where he's celebrated, not tolerated. He inhabits the praises of his people. When you praise him, he steps in on the... Look at your neighbor as you take your seat. Say, I'm healed just in time. Healed just in time. You can be seated tonight. We are in a new message series. We started this weekend called The Misrepresentation of Jesus, where we were going to get the facts about Jesus and Christianity and even dive into some tattoo, taboo topics to see who Jesus really is and how that can change everything about our lives. When we finally see the real Jesus, we'll see the real us. Now, this past Sunday was called My Life Matters Sunday. And we called it that because when you don't know that your life is of any importance or significance, you'll live that way and keep going in the same negative cycles and circles. And if I was to quickly recap Sunday, I'd remind you that you were born for such a time as this. 
You weren't born just to pay deals, bills and die. You weren't born just to have babies and die. You weren't born just to get you a bay and die. You were sent here to rule, to reign, to conquer, and to subdue every obstacle that comes your way. Touch your neighbor and say, you don't have a clue who you're sitting next to. No, that ain't chump change. That's not a mistake. That's not a failure. You're sitting next to. You're sitting next to. Let me remind you of who you are. A curse breaker. You're sitting next to a boundary breaker. You're sitting next to a history maker. You're sitting next to a world changer. Now, you were formed by God and sent to the earth for such a time as this, which is the time you'd be needed most. Can I tell you the reason so much is going on in the world that's making you angry is because God says, I'm trying to provoke you to why I sent you. You were born for the time you'd be needed most. Somebody say, I'm needed. And that's why you don't have time to be sick in your spirit, soul, or body because there is an assignment that you are needed for and ain't nobody got time to be sick trying to nurse and anesthetize our illnesses but we've got to be advancing the kingdom of God. Somebody say, I'm needed for a time such as this. Yeah, that's why the car accident couldn't kill you. That's why you couldn't be aborted. Watch this. That's why even when you didn't want to live, he wouldn't let you take your life. You're not saying nothing. Why? Because he says, I need you here. If we were to recap from Sunday, I'd remind you, number two, you've been in training for reigning. See, when Jesus is first in your life, because you make what's important to him important to you, and those five T's, you should know the five T's by now, in your time, that's your church attendance. Say, I attend church faithfully. In your treasure, that's your giving. Say, I give my tithes, offerings, and first fruits faithfully. In your talent, that's serving in church. Say, I serve faithfully. Uh huh. In your testimony, say, I invite people to church consistently. And what's the last one? Your thirst. Say, my prayer, my praise, and my worship is lit. Uh-huh. In case you don't know what that means, that just means that it's exciting. That just means that it's on 10. That just means it's the best of the best. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I can't sit there like a bump on a log like he ain't been good. I should be dead and gone, but God, somebody holler, but God. Watch this now. When he's first in those five T's, watch this, because you make what's important to him important to you in those five T's, you tap into Revelation 5.10, which says this, and he has made us to be kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Watch this. One of the greatest misrepresentations of Christianity is that Christianity is all about sucking in life here to get over there. Sucking is a Hebrew word, which is... (laughs) No, it's not a Hebrew word. I'm joking. Uh, Most people think that when you become a Christian, you're supposed to just suffer through life here to die to go to heaven to have a reward. That ain't what this book says. This book says that when I become a Christian, I'm supposed to rule and reign here. Because if I can't do it here, ain't going to be no reward over there. In fact, I'm not living to die. I'm living well to bring heaven down to earth. And in fact, Luke 17, 20, 21 teaches us that the kingdom of God, which is heaven's attributes on earth, it is God's MO, how God does things. It's actually in you. Say, it's in me. Now, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. That's what pressure is all about. Pressure is designed to pull what's in you out of you. And this is the reason why, can I teach you for a moment, that the, the Bible says that the Lord gave the men of God the keys to the kingdom. Well, where is the kingdom in you? Well, what do you need to unlock it? A key. Well, who has the key? The men of God. That's why you have a man of God. Don't you let nobody try to talk you out of your man of God and out of your church and all that. Because I got the key, baby. Y'all ain't saying that. And that's why you may feel depressed, but you're coming here. And the key starts to turn it in. Gifts start coming out of you. 
that's why you ain't the same you you were when you started coming here you're not the same you you were when you stepped up in here why because you found the man that's got the key to you Here's the problem now is that once we get here, I told you this on Sunday recap, we encounter problems. Say problems. We encounter trouble, trouble. We go through uh, trouble and now we're rejected by those who should protect us. We're abandoned by those that should care for us. We're let down, betrayed, hurt, frustrated, and then we begin to drift. And I told you on Sunday that that drift is towards what anesthetizes the pain. Anesthesia uh, 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 is when now we try to, uh, watch this, avoid pain. It's pain management rather than pain removal. And your neighbor has been so used to pain management that they have given up on pain removal. But tonight, I came to tell your neighbor and your whole role, ain't no more managing misery. Ain't no more dealing with pain management. Somebody say, it's being removed tonight. Wrong neighbor, try the other one. Say, it's being removed tonight. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. I told you this, that the reality is, is that we begin to drift towards things that anesthetize the pain. We'll drift from God and we'll drift to what anesthetizes the pain. I told you on Sunday that often, watch this, maybe for you it's bad relationships. For some people, relationships are anesthesia. It ain't that they want you, they just want somebody that they can have to distract them. Which is why you find some people, watch this, that can treat uh, people of value so uh, lightly. They'll treat people of value so lightly because the truth be told, it wasn't you that they necessarily needed. They just needed somebody there to distract them from dealing with their own pain. I'm trying to answer somebody's prayer tonight. You've been saying, God, why do I keep making these bad relationships? It's because the issue is, is you keep trying to jump from person to person to person to person, trying to find you, not understanding they don't know themselves. And the reality is, it ain't them you necessarily even want. What you want is a distraction. Because if you got somebody, you ain't got to deal with you. But it can become anesthesia. Maybe it's not bad relationships. Maybe it's drugs, alcohol, hanging around the wrong people that aren't going anywhere. Like we, we enter this cycle of pain, then pain relief, which creates more pain. So then we need more pain relief. And this is where we begin to hurt and start needing healing. Can we be honest? Most of your adult life, you have spent getting over stuff from when you were a child. I wish I had some honest folks. If you're honest, much of your life has been simply trying to get healed from the stuff that hurts you. You're trying to figure out why mama acted like this. Why daddy acted like this. Why didn't so-and-so want me? Why did this? Why did that? Why did that? And you didn't spend all of this time wasting it because you've been trying to be healed. Which is why I said before I began to minister, you don't have time to be sick in your spirit, soul, or body in the new year. Because things are going to be moving so fast for you, you don't have time for this. I ain't got time for it. Say it like you mean it. I ain't got time for it. No, say it so that that sickness hears you. Say, I ain't got time for you. Say it so that emotional pain hears you. Say, I ain't got time for you. No, big things popping. I was sitting here to rule, rain, conquer, and subdue, and I not got spend my time sick. I told you on Sunday that watch this. When you're in that cycle, you can feel alone. Say, I'm not alone. See, you feel alone because surgery, watch this, always requires one person on the table. Okay, you're not, you're not saying that. God says, listen, the reason you feel alone is because what I'm doing in your life, every time you come to church, I'm laying you out on the surgery table. And only one person can be on the table at a time. 
Ain't no such thing as group surgery. Why? Because what's going on with other folk will contaminate you. I'm trying to tell somebody. That's why you can be sitting at a table full of folk and still feel by yourself. Why? Because God says, I got you laid out on the table. And all the stuff you've been avoiding, all the stuff you ain't been trying to deal with, you going to deal with it today. Yeah. Watch this. When you're in that cycle, though, you can feel alone. And in the book, Bowling Alone by Art Putnam, he says that the greatest social epidemic in America was what? Loneliness. And the most important thing was finding people, according to his book, to do life with. Uh, say, I found my tribe. Throughout life, you, try, you go around trying to find your fit. Where do I fit? Who do I fit with? Where do I belong? Where am I supposed to be? Well, let me tell you something. You've been called to me. You've been called to this church. Watch this. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And let me tell you what. What? Now, don't take this as arrogance. I just. Just when you got to know your value, because when you don't know your value, you let people sell you for cheap on the open market. Let me tell you how I know you've been called to me, because I ain't chump change. We ain't chump change. You ain't chump change. You ain't no chicken, baby. You are eagle. Say, I am somebody. God calls people of value to people of value. Gold to gold, silver to silver. Watch this, trash to trash. And you ain't been called to no Y'all not saying nothing. Say, I fit here. Say, I'm not here on accident. Say, I belong here. Now, that's important to know because, see, watch this. Here's what you need to know is that everybody on your road, while you feel like you're the only one dealing with some of the stuff you're dealing with, everybody on your road dealing with the same thing just from a different angle. You think you're the only one with some kid problems? You think you're the only one with some doctor's issues? You think you're the only one that's going through some grief? You think you're the only one that's going through some loss? Baby, 2016 has been a year that has been on 10, and while simultaneously being on 10, it's been on fire. Okay, and I don't mean like Holy Ghost fire. I mean fire like I wish somebody else would. Okay, y'all are gonna say, touch your neighbor. Say this year has been on fire. Uh-huh, because watch this six now is the number of man which represents the old version of you. And this whole year God has been setting to fire the old you. Y'all not gonna say nothing to me, which is why you often don't even feel like yourself. Can I help you? That's good because you're not the same you you were when you started this year. God says, I don't want you to feel like who you were. I don't want you to think how you think, act how you acted, go where you used to go. I've been setting you on fire. Because you're coming to the end of six, the end of the old you. Which is why, watch this, you better make sure, watch this, this is why we had to start this month with the night of healing. Because watch this, everything that you did not accomplish between January and November, God says we got a few days to get that handle. So if you wake up one day and boom, 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 don't be crying, just say thank you Jesus. Because apparently I didn't get this done from January through November. He's getting it done today because when I step over in the 17th, Seven is the number shalom, which means peace, which means nothing lacking, nothing broken. All is, well, watch this, 
Third thing I told you on Sunday was that it was time for you to pursue the high calling. You've wasted enough of your days living for yourself, chasing your own desires and your own will, but you were sent for something greater than you. You know what sickness is about? It makes you focus on you. Sickness in your spirit, soul, or body. I'm going to get into it in a moment. It makes you focus on you so that you can't focus on what you were sent to do. I know it is. Now, now touch the name and say, you don't have time to be sick. Matthew 10, 39. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, check this out. Here's what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, listen, as long as you're focused on you, you're never, ever going to be or accomplish or feel accomplished because your focus is on you and your own selfish desires. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Question, question, when did you pay for you? See, you only get to run something when you buy something. Run something is a southern colloquialism that means be in charge. Y'all not saying nothing. See, I had my plan, what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do, how to do it. And God says, I didn't send you for you. I sent you for some other folks so you could bring them out and take them through. I didn't send you there to do what the heck you want to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, but when you're sick, you're focused on you. Think about it. I, I, I really, I, I loathed. I won't use hate. I'll just say loathe, which basically means hate. But I, I loathe when I am physically ill. You know why? Because I see it as such a time waster. No, seriously, like, I'm like, seriously, am I seriously sniffling? Like, really, I don't have time to be keep getting all these tissues and my nose is all sensitive and I got to record command your week and all this here and I... I got to pray. I don't have time for this. I ain't got time to be coming out. Can't say what I want to say. And ain't got, and I don't ain't got, I don't know this is a waste of time. Now, check this out. Check this out. But when you are ill in your spirit, soul, or body, you start focusing on you. Your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. When you go through something that makes you grieve, when you go through loss, got, got it, you start focusing on you. Which means you stop pursuing the high calling so that you can pursue the low pain. See, the Bible says, watch this, it's appointed for men to die once. Told you this on Sunday. I just want to repeat it to you in case you missed the math on Sunday. The statistics on death are impressive because one out of one people die. See, some of y'all still missed that math from Sunday. That's why I repeated it tonight. That's all right. Redundancy this is the teacher's best friend. Say, say, say everybody will die. Now, watch this. Your spirit, soul, and body. That's why we're doing healing in all three parts. This body will die. This spirit has an option for eternal life. That's what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. So your spirit predated your body. Jeremiah chapter 1. Go get the message. I taught you that on Sunday. Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, which means my spirit was with God before my spirit ever took on a body. That's why the wages of sin is death. Because it's been living for so long. Okay, I guess that's too deep for you. I guess that's too deep for you. Okay, now, now watch this. Here's what I need you to get. Here's what I need you to get. Here's what I need you to get. Now, now, the Bible says your life is like a vapor. Snap your fingers. Together. Snap. One more time. Snap. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the question. What are you doing with your vapor? Because when you're sick, you're focused on you. In your spirit, soul, or body. Spirit, soul, or body. When you're sick, you're focused on you, and your vapor is now wasted trying to get healed. 
it to you. Can I prove it to you? Yes, sir. Now, I need y'all to come with me. The clock says I got 16 minutes, and then we got to have manifestations. So y'all got to come on with me. Doesn't anybody say, go with Bishop? Let me prove it to you. You get out of one bad relationship. What do you do after that? Start scrolling. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me, and it's going to make me act a little extra. Let me just reactivate this social media page. Why? Because what you're trying to do, watch this, is kill the pain of thinking you lost something, not understanding. God says, I just saved you time, energy, money. I just saved your credit. Y'all not saying nothing. So then, so watch this. So you don't take, here's what most people do. They don't take no time to heal. They don't take no time to heal. They time of healing is, I just need a day. I'm good now. What the? You good now? All the fake spiritual uh, marriages and all the ties and drama and all that you had, you healed after a day? Well, then you must have been lying about loving because you, <laughs> a day? I'm good now. Let me go take some new selfies and put them on. The <laughs> Here's the point, church. What do, what do many people do? Not you, somebody you know. Just somebody you know, not you. Not you, not even your role. Just somebody you know. Get them a CD. Then what do they do? Then they start trying to hop into a new thing. Unhealed. So now, in the new thing, they still unhealed. So what do they do? The new thing becomes the old thing after a while. And here's what folks will say. I just can't seem to find nobody that, but you know why? Because watch this. When you're not healed, you, you can't hear right. When you're not healed, you can't see right. When you're not healed, you're so focused on you, you ignore them. You missed it. So everything you needed to know, God was like, you don't see this? But you can't see it because you're focused on you. But tonight, uh, uh, touch your neighbor and say, everybody get healed on this road. Watch this. You're not too good for Jesus. You're not too bad for him. You're not too young, not too old. You're just right. And the scripture says in Isaiah, we got to seek him while he may be found. Because at some point, you won't be able to find him. Can I tell y'all something about some of the folks y'all be inviting to church and they never come? They, they might be. They might be a Romans 1. What's a Romans 1, Bishop? A Romans 1, God says hell is when he gives people over to their own reprobate and debased mind. So the reason some folk won't hear you is because God says they can't find me even trying. Can I go deep for just about 20 seconds? The apostle Paul, whenever people would do him wrong, one of his apostolic graces, one of the graces he has an apostle, was that he did this thing in the scripture. If you're doing your daily Bible reading, you've heard it lately, where the Apostle Paul says he delivered such a one to Satan that he might not learn to blaspheme. Delivering one to Satan is where the Apostle Paul said, you know what, I'm not going to tell them anything anymore. I'm not going to give them no more leadership. I'm not going to give them any more guidance. I'm not praying for them no more. I'm not counseling them no more. If I don't see them, I don't see them. That's all. I, that's all. My hands are off because watch this. They abused my covering, so now they can't have it. 
So here's what happens. So here's what happens. He says, great job, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Deliver such a one to Satan for the, now that's an idiom where literally he says, I take my hand off. It is the uh, origin of this concept called excommunication. Paul said, I'm done. Do whatever you want to do. Well, do whatever you want to do. You don't want, you don't want to listen to me? You so grown and you got it all figured out and, and you're going to talk crazy to me and act this way with me? Good luck out there. You know it's hard out there. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at me. Paul said, I'm just going to give them over. They can do whatever they want to do. Romans 1, God says, my highest punishment is when I stop correcting. That's hell. It's quiet, church. So the reason some folk you be praying for, be inviting, be talking to, and they don't respond is because they in hell. But here's the good news. They still got breath in their body, which means God says that something's going to happen while they're in their self-created hell that's going to pull them out. And matter of fact, let me just announce it. I declare that before the end of this year, some folk you've been praying for are coming out of hell. Yes, y'all nuts. Some, some folk you've been fasting for, some folk you've been believing for, they're coming out of hell before the end of this year. If that's you, how do I receive that for Back to the message. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I told you on Sunday, your answer to God is either yes or no, not in between. Then I told you this. You need sustained exposure, faithful attendance to a life-giving church to have life. You shower every day. You eat every day. You excrete every day, which is where when you eat, it comes out. You eat, then you excrete. To live. So I said this to you on Sunday. Why would you just need Jesus a couple Sundays out of the month and he's a source of life? Say faithful church attendance is important. Who wants somebody that only wants them when they need some? God, I'm going through. I'm just, I came to see you, God. Come see me when you ain't going through. Come see me when you don't need your rent paid. Come see me when you don't need your car note. Come see me when you ain't struggling because you just got out of battle. Come, come see me. Why you don't come see me when you need some? Now, watch this. I told you that. And I told you this. Here's where I ended. Pursuing the high calling starts with returning to God. Y'all remember where I ended on Sunday? Pursuing the high calling starts with returning to God. Jeremiah 15, verse number 18. Now, I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. Now, remember where we started. We started with you were born for such a time as this. And we talked about with Jeremiah on Sunday and a little bit today about how before you were born, your spirit was with God. And God sent you here for the time you'd be needed most. We got that? Now watch what Jeremiah says, because if you'll remember from Sunday, who's Jeremiah? You are from the text standpoint, okay? Now watch this. We are, Jeremiah 15, 18. He says this, uh, he says, why is my pain perpetual? Why is my wound incurable? Watch, watch, watch. What's the night? Night of healing, which refuses to be healed. Jeremiah says, why is my pain perpetual and why is my wound incurable which refuses to be healed? Will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream and waters that fail? Look at me. Jeremiah starts saying to God, end it here. He said, God, it's your fault. You're unreliable. I can't depend on you, God. You let me down. What I thought was going to happen didn't happen. So he starts blaming leadership. And you always know you're wrong when you blame your leader. It's quiet, church. Watch this. Let me, let me help folks in management and leadership. When you find somebody that blames you, you might want to start booking ahead. 
Because at the end of the day, end of the day, either they correct that stuff quickly or you just need to get you another player. Okay? Because whenever they blame you, what they're really saying is, is that I'm going to find a way to not be responsible for what I do. I'm just going to blame you. This is what Jeremiah does. Jeremiah says to God first, he says, why is my pain perpetual? He said, I'm always in pain. He says, and my wounds are incurable. He says, they refuse to be healed. Look at me. Which means the healing you about to receive, you can't refuse. Which is why I had to teach you before we had manifestation. Because here's the truth. God says, I've been offering it up. The problem is you've been refusing it. Look what he says. He says to God, will you surely be to me like an unreliable stream and waters that fail? Verse 19. This is how the Lord responds. Watch God's response. He says, here's the problem, Jeremiah. You need to return to me. Then I'm going to bring you back. Bring you back from what? From this hurt into healing. From these wounds into worship. From this pain into purpose. He said, but the problem is, you out there doing your own thing. No, I'm not bishop. I'm in church every week. You in church every week. That don't mean you ain't out there doing your own thing. He says, if you return, then I'll bring you back. I'll bounce you back. I'll put you on 10. The best of the best. You shall stand before me, which tells us something about his posture now. Why would he have to be told to stand unless he was hunched over? When you're not whole, and when you are not healed, your position's always out of order. You're out of order. You're out of position. You're out of place. It's some folk that get promoted because somebody else gets out of place. He says, then I'll bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take out the precious vial, you shall be as my mouth or my spokesman. Let them return to you, but you not, must not return to them. He gives them a leadership lesson there about some of the things he's going to be dealing with. Now, look at me, church. We're in healing now. Say, I'm in healing now. The ultimate purpose of sickness in your spirit, soul, or body is to rob you of time. So you're not pursuing the high calling, but you're chasing things that can't heal. Now, say, I don't have time for that. So here we are. We're in healing. Say, uh, say this. If I want to be healed, God wants me healed. You need to know healing is a settled issue with God. You never have to wonder what his will is concerning the subject because he makes it clear. One of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord, my healer. Say he is my healer. All right. Now watch this. The text that we read in Isaiah, where we started in Isaiah uh, chapter number 53, that particular text is interesting because that sequence is called the suffering servant that foretells the coming of Jesus in the flesh, uh, 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 which is the gospel. Say the gospel. Now, you'll notice that the tense of the text from Isaiah is in past tense. Isaiah records this over 500 years before Jesus was born, so we have an issue. How does Isaiah speak in a past tense about something that's going to occur in the future? How does Isaiah speak in a past tense about something that's going to occur in the future? Say how, Bishop? Through God's infinite, omniscient wisdom, uh, it is such that he fixed the problem before the problem had a name. All right, here it is. We're moving and healing. Uh, say, say, uh, say, God fixed my problems before my problems had a name. 
Uh, I says Revelation 13 8 says this all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world watch this what does that mean bishop he was slain before he was ever seen you, you, you miss it he was slain from when the foundation of the world talking about when Jesus was on the cross that's when he was slain the revelation says when was he slain at the foundation of the world, which means they slayed him before he was ever seen by them. I, I don't think you get it. Uh, which means God says, before you ever had hurt, I had already prepared healing. By the time you see it, I've already solved it. Y'all not saying nothing. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm in healing now. I'm in healing now. Before you were ever hurt, he bought healing. He's not going to do it. You just have to receive it. Come on, church. It ain't something new he's about to concoct. It's just about you getting out of your own way to let him do what he does when he does what he does it. Touch your neighbor and say, get out of the way, please. Now be very kind about it. Say, please. The good news is that Jesus prepaid for your healing. You were healed before you were hurt. You were whole before you were wounded. You were all right before you were abused. Now, while healing is settled by Jesus, it requires corresponding action on your part in the now. Say, I'm healed. Say, I'm healed just in time. Healing requires agreement. What I agree with, which is the gospel, which is what he said, and what I don't agree with, which is the hurt or the sickness. Say, spirit soul body now when you become a christian you get prepaid healing some of y'all know about prepaid stuff got prepaid phones uh, prepaid cards they still got calling cards prepaid calling cards don't y'all sit up here looking like you don't know the topic. i saw you last week at the walmart buying a prepaid card don't look at me like that i'm just kidding i'm just joking i'm just joking say prepaid healing Say in my spirit, in my soul, in my body. Now, you need to understand this. If you want to be healed, God wants you healed. The man by the uh, pool who had a sickness for 38 years, Jesus says to him, do you want to be healed? What does the man say? Well, there's nobody to put me in the pool. Now, I said this, I think, on a periscope. If it's me, first year, you might get me. Because I might, because the angel would come down and stir the waters, and then whoever got in the water first was here. First year, I might not know what's going on. So the first year, I might be like, oh, so I got to get in the water. Angel comes, waters. Got it. So that whole next year, let me tell you what I'm telling myself. I ain't going to miss my moment. I ain't going to miss my moment. Wait until that angel come back. Matter of fact, I'm going to try to get him here before he's scheduled to show up. Since life and death are in the power of my tongue, I'm going to he's going to be here any minute. Angel going to be here any minute. Angel gonna be, this is what I would do. I don't know about you. This is what I would do. And then if that didn't work, if he didn't come early, let me see the, let me see the clouds kind of move a little bit. Let it be a little something going. I'll be like... Somebody else try to get down there. I love Jesus, and I'll ask for forgiveness later, but move. Get out the way. Move. You better, 
touch your neighbor, say, move. Get out the way. Because ain't no way I figured out how it works. And I'm going to stay sick for 37 more years. Y'all not saying that. Which tells us what? He didn't really want to be healed. Somebody said, Bishop, why would he want to be healed? Because if he was healed, he wouldn't have excuses anymore. If he was healed, he was going to have to lead the rest of the sick folk. Which meant he was going to have to go walk by himself until he could find some other healed folk. Y'all not saying nothing. Which means, watch this, he was going to have to change his environment. He was going to have to change his circle. He was going to have to change who he let in his house. He was going to have to change who he let around him. It meant he wasn't going to have no excuses no more. So I got a question tonight because I can stop right here and close the book. Does there anybody want to be healed tonight? No, I said who wants to be healed? Not tomorrow, but tonight. Somebody holler, that's me. All right, let's get the work done. 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 Angel stirring right now. He's stirring it right now. Let's get the work done. Now, now, prepaid healing. Say prepaid healing in three areas. Say my spirit, my soul, my body. All right, we're going to start with your soul. Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our griefs, grief, 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 and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. You remember sticks and stones might break my bones. That's a lie. Many people are still bleeding from the inequity of the word spoken to them. You're still thinking about what your mama said. You're still thinking about what your daddy didn't say. It's quiet, church. Now, 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 now watch this. Watch this. If he's born them, what does the verse say? Isaiah 53, 4. Surely. Talk to me, talk to me like you're good, good southern country church. Say, surely. surely. And kind of do your head like this. And, and do it. Come on, it's all right. Come on, say, surely. Surely. Got to teach y'all so when we go places, y'all know how to act. Okay, oh, I just, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. Watch this. Surely. Which means, watch this. It's not a doubt on his end. He's done it. I get, you know, I, I get sometimes with pastors, and pastors like talking to me, they say, and they talk to me, say, Bishop, I preach this, and I was just telling the people how God getting ready to do this, getting ready to do that. I told one preacher, I said, let me stop you right there, son. I said, because you don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen, I said, listen, I said, listen, I said, look, you, y'all need to stop preaching stuff y'all know what you're talking about. I said, I said, he ain't getting ready to do that. He's done that. The problem is, they don't know that. So they're always, they're always preparing for something that's already been purchased. What's the book say? Surely he has born. Now remember, leave the verse up. Remember, Isaiah is saying this in past tense about something that wouldn't happen until 500 years later. Surely he has borne our griefs. What does that mean? Took them. Say grief. Grief is your response to loss. And watch this. And carried away. Uh, let me have that towel, please. He carried away our sorrow. Now, pretend this is sorrow. Here's what Jesus did on the cross. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Say it. He took it. Say it again. Say he took it. Thank you. Now, which means, watch this. If you still got it, you are in illegal possession of something he took. Yeah, you, you missed it right there. Uh, say he bore them. He took them and carried them away. Ask, let me ask you this question. Then what are you still doing with it? Say, I do not agree with living in sorrow. Say, I do not agree with being stuck in grief. Now look at me. Grief has a process of recovery. One of the best series you could ever get. Please hear me. There's two great series. There's, well, there's a lot, but here's the two you need. There's a lot, but, but here's the two you need. Two, two you need. Most people, the reason they are so moody and so up and down and make awful, horrible decisions followed by horrible decisions. I know it's not a word. That's my point. It's so bad, there's no word to describe the, the kind of decisions they make. It's because they're grieving and don't know it. Let me tell you why some of y'all go to gym all the time. You eat this healthy plan. You got this, you got this, and you still can't accomplish what you want to accomplish in your body. It's because grief is blocking your progress in the gym. Because you're carrying your grief in your weight. Or your lack of weight. Okay. Hello. Now, now, what's this, sir? What's this? What's this? Surely. Say Surely. Now, there's a process of grief, and grief recovery is a great series. Soul surgery, them two series, you need because you got to go through. You got to go through the process of grief. And now, watch this. Some of y'all been grieving about stuff from January, March, April. I skipped February, <laughs> May, June, July, August, September, November. Just making sure you listen. Okay, watch this. <laughs> now, watch this. Watch this. You keep grief too long. Touch your neighbor and say, you keep grief too long. Bishop, well, how long should I keep it? Let me put it to you like this. In the Bible with Moses, the, the Hebrews had this custom. The custom was when somebody died, when a leader died, somebody died, when there was loss, they had 30 days. And watch this. God was like, not 31, not 32, not 33 and a third. The end of day 30, here's what he says, Joshua. Joshua! Let's go. Well, I'm still... I, 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 you had 30 days. What you still crying for? Deuteronomy 34, 8. And the children of Israel, what'd they do? Where? Come on, talk to me, church. Where? What'd they do? Where? Where? In the plains of Moab. <laughs> now, can I go deep like y'all Bible college? Moab means from the father. So when they started grieving, they started tapping into their generational curses. Y'all not said them. When you're grieving, stuff from the past starts looking good. Okay, let me just leave that alone. Verse. Let me, let me leave that alone. 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 Verse. <laughs> that's why when you're grieving, you'll start looking folk up. Y'all not saying nothing. That's why. But that's why, cause, 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 because you start going back to generational stuff when you're grieving. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab. How long? 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses, what? Ended. Go to Joshua 1. 
Verse 1. Shalom. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, God was like, let's go. It's been 30 days. Somebody said, Bishop, how long should it realistically take me? Touch the neighbor said, 30 days. 30 days. Now, uh, how many of you got some stuff? Let's just be truthful. You've been grieving over this been way past 30 days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Say until tonight. Say, I don't agree with this grief. I don't agree with living in sorrow. Listen to me, church. The struggle ends when you stop struggling. Doesn't say just let go of that rope. Uh, 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 won't you come? Won't, won't you come? Come, sir. Okay, watch this here. Watch this here. Uh, let me go and do. No, I can't use that because that's doing something right now. Uh, give me, give me. No, I can't use that either. Let me have my flag. The other one, not mine. The other one. That one got my daddy blood on it. That one got Jesus blood on it. My Jesus daddy blood. Okay, let me have this. Now, now watch. Now watch this here. Now we're going to play tug of war. Now let's put the spear on your side. Because if something go down, I just want to, I got to be here on Sunday, church. <laughs> now, come on over here. Now, now, come on. You remember tug of war? Now, how, okay, do tug of war. Now, no, 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 don't hurt these church shoes. See, I'm sliding. <laughs> no rubber at the bottom, so if I need to shout... Okay, watch this. <laughs> now, okay, you pull it, tug of war, tug of war, tug of war. This is what you've been doing with grief. Jesus is like, give it to me. And you're like, no. Jesus is like, get over it. You're like, no, it hurt. Y'all not talking to me. You keep trying to take back what he wants to take away. And so the struggle is when you stop struggling and just let it would you high five five people and say let it go 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 bishop they hurt me let it go bishop they walked out let it go bishop they talking about me let it go the rest had to get out of your life so the best could step into your life here it is here it is you are only wounded in your soul as long as you want to be. What's your soul? My thoughts, will, emotions. You're only wounded there as long as you want to be. Bishop, you don't know what. To, listen, I know you think your story of hurt is like the worst story of hurt ever. And I know, watch this, let me prove it to you. Because you'll sit up and talk to some folk and try to compete about whose story's worse. Oh, they did that to you? No, you ain't heard nothing. Let me tell you what they did to me. Instead, you need to say, let me tell you how I got healed. Let me tell you how I'm walking in grace. Let me tell you how I'm walking in favor. Uh, Throw your hands up. Throw your hands up. Throw your hands up. Throw your hands up. Say in the name of Jesus. I release grief. I release sorrow. I choose the healing you already paid for. In Jesus' name. Now, we're going to have manifestation of that in a minute. We're going to have manifestation of that in a minute. Let me tell you what the manifestation of that's going to be in, in, in four minutes. Let me tell you what the manifestation of that's going to be. The manifestation of that is going to be that you're going to have such a joy. Watch this. And that joy is going to, all of a sudden, it's going to hit you. And when it hits you, that's going to be your proof that you let it go. Here's the next area of prepaid healing. Say, I'm healed spiritually, 
right? Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. That's when we willfully deviate from what we know to be right. Okay? He was bruised for our iniquities. That's generational sin. The chastisement for our peace or for our shalom was upon him. Isaiah 53 and 5. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. He paid the spiritual price, look at me church, for every sin. In the past, present, and the ones you ain't even done yet. Say he paid it. Now, know this church, there is a difference between paying a price and dealing with a consequence. Because sometimes, look at me church, sometimes what folk like to do is they say, well Jesus paid it all, right? And they'll say stuff to you like, you're you a Christian, you're supposed to forgive me. I am a Christian. And I am going to forgive you. But you a lie. So, lie over there. I'm going to be good over here. Be encouraged. <laughs> See, here's what, here, here's what we do. We think, we think forgiveness means fellowship. And people say, people say stuff like this. Y'all, please stop uh, putting this stuff up that people be sharing on these social media sites that ain't Bible. Talking about just forgive and forget. That is not Bible. He forgives and casts into the sea of forgetfulness. That's what he do. What you and I are supposed to do is forgive, release the pain. I remember that lesson, though. Because, watch this. Let me quote our previous president, W. Uh, here's, uh, here's what he said. He said, uh, fool me once, shame on you. And he kind of forgot it. He said, fool me twice. You can't fool me again. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what W said. He's like, I can't remember how it goes, but you ain't going to do it no more. See, some of the stuff you're complaining about, you allowed. And since you allow it, God says, well, if that's how you want to do your life, then that's fine. If you want to let somebody keep on lying, let them keep on lying. You want to let somebody keep on stealing, let them keep on stealing. You want to let somebody, whatever you want, that's cool. Now, here's what you're saying. If you rob a bank, not you, somebody you know. Rob's a bank. Not you. Somebody you know. Got it? God can forgive them. Now, I hope they pay their tithes off that, that uh, whatever they... T- I'm, just, I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. I'm just joking. I'm totally being funny, church. All right. So, God can forgive them. Say, God can forgive them. All right, now, check the deal. But they're going to go to jail. You see? He forgives them. Now, as an act of mercy, could he step in and shorten the sentence or, you know, some technicality get the charges thrown out as an act of mercy? He could. But the book says he's paid the price for the sin, but that's different than dealing with the consequence. So we need to understand that, church, because sometimes you'll say, I just, I just, this, 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 and since Jesus forgave me, why am I still dealing with the consequences? There's a difference between consequences and paying the price for the sin. Does that make sense? Now, say, he's paid for my shalom. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken, all is well. I'm healed. Last area, in our body, in our body. Anybody, uh, now listen, listen to how I ask this this question. Anybody where you got a report of some type 
that alleges there to be some sickness somewhere, perhaps allegedly, in your body. Anybody got something like that? Allegedly. Okay. Now, notice how I asked the question. Because what you don't need to be saying is, I got this. Because when you own that, you give it a right to stay. And I just spent 40 minutes getting through this so that we can see manifestation. I didn't do all that work for you to sit there and say, I got this. Or the doctor say this. Say allegedly. <laughs> now, check this out. Isaiah 53, 5. By his stripes, we are healed. The wounds on his back paid for physical sickness. Okay? Now, watch this. Physical sickness can occur for a few different reasons. I got to go real quick because uh, I got to wrap this up. Uh, one, it can be for God's glory. In John chapter 9, verse 2, there was a situation where there was a, uh, a young boy and he was blind from birth. And they said to him, uh, Lord, who sinned? This boy uh, or this man or his parents that he was born blind. And Jesus, in verse number 3, he goes on and he says, in this particular instance, say this specific instance. Come on, verse 3. In this specific instance, he says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So watch this. Some sickness is simply because God says, I'm going to use it for my glory. I didn't do it as punishment. I did it as reward. Let me say it a better way. I didn't permit it as punishment. I permitted it as reward. Okay? That's some things. Here's another reason. Some sickness can occur as a result of disobedience. Deuteronomy 28. One of the punishments for being uh, uh, um, exploratory. Come on, church. Come on now, because I, I, I ain't trying to beat nobody. I'm just saying. One of the punishments in Scripture when, uh, when a woman or a man was exploratory as related to some of their bedtime exploits. Now, come on now. I can say it another way, but then we're going to have to bleep it out the tape. One of the things that Deuteronomy 28 says is that there, it could open up the door for reproductive issues. Quiet, church. I said it's quiet, church. And y'all just sat there. I said it's quiet. Y'all like, it sure is. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing right now. Now, are y'all with me? Okay, all right. Now, here's the deal. So some sickness, certain actions open the door to permit sickness in. Does that make sense, church? Yes, certain actions can be taken that in Deuteronomy 28, it goes through this elaborate list to say, if you do this, you can open the door to this. Okay? Now, I know what some women might be thinking. Well, Bishop, are you trying to say this is that? I, your specific case is your specific case. I'm just trying to tell you how physical sickness can come in. Here's the third thing. Physical sickness can also re result as a result of poor choices. Proverbs 26.2. There are certain things, certain sickness you don't need healing from. You need to stop eating certain things. It got super quiet right there. You praying for deliverance from the sugar. Well, leave the sugar alone. Okay, it's quiet in here. 
You sitting up here talking, you got some sicknesses that you, you could just change your eating to fix. Especially those of us that come from certain parts of the United States. And we like to eat certain types of food. And every meal we got to have bread. I'm going to tell the truth. I took that chili home from Sunday. And I said, it ain't no enough to have just some chili. <laughs> so I took some of my whole grain bread, <laughs> got me some gourmet cheese and slapped it off on top of it and said, I need some cheese toast to go with my chili. Because my mind says, if it ain't no bread, it ain't time to eat. Problem is, some of y'all eat that bread and it turns into carbs, which turns into sugar. And so now you're sitting up talking about you got sicknesses that that bread gave you. Okay. Some of y'all wake up and have Coca Cola in the morning. Coca Cola in the afternoon. Coca Cola in the evening. It's quiet in the church. Some sickness, Proverbs 26 2. Here it is. All right, we got to finish this. Proverbs 26 2. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without a cause shall not come. What's a curse? An empowerment to fail. He says there's always a cause when there's an empowerment to fail. Now, check this out. Look at me. Three areas sickness can enter. One, it can be permitted for God's glory. Two, it can be a result of disobedience. Three, it can be a result of poor choices. Those are the three primary ways physical sickness enters. Got it? Okay. Now, now, watch this. But, but say, but there is healing. Okay. Now, the, the goal here is, is if it's some stuff you can start eating differently to fix it, then stop praying for healing. Just eat different. There's your healing. I was sitting with one pastor one time. He said, Bishop, every time I have uh, this particular soda, he says, the, the gout um, um, starts acting up. And I said, sir, is that the culprit right there? He said, I know, Bishop, I know. I said, sir, then no, you can't have that when you're sitting at the table with me. Put it away. Take this away. Because he's drinking poison. Church, I must warn you. Some of that stuff y'all be eating, y'all need to stop. Okay. <laughs> Somebody say, have fun in church. <laughs> James 5, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Here he's dealing with physical sickness. Let them call for the elders of the church. Now, that doesn't mean the older people in the church. That means the presbyters of the church. Those were the spiritual leaders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of who? The Lord. And, verse 15, the prayer of faith will do what? Save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Watch this next part. Because remember we talked about the three entry points? And if he's committed some sin. Why are we talking about sin and sickness? Because if the sickness entered by permission of the sin. 
God is so good, God says, I'm going to wipe both of those jokers out at the same time. And if he has committed sins, he will be what? Forgiven. So here's what happens. When physical sickness shows up, you got to say this, I don't agree with it. Then you get prayer. We about to do that. And what did the Bible say? You're supposed to be anointed with what? Oil. In the name of who? The Lord. So get your foreheads ready. Because it's about to be some grease. And when the holy oil mixes with the oil on your face, mixing with the oil coming off your hair, you're going to be one oil in somebody, but you're going to be one heel somebody tonight. You're going to be one heel somebody tonight. You're you going to be one heel somebody. Uh-huh. Watch. So, so when physical sickness shows up, listen to the steps here. Don't agree with it. Don't ever, ever, never, ever, ever say, I have this. Because when you own it, it now says, well, they gave me a right to stay. And it's illegal for it to stay on you. It's kind of like somebody moving your house. You tell them, get out Friday. Oh, I guess, oh, now, oh, now y'all want to talk. I guess I'm in your cooler now. You say, look, you got until Friday, and I'm serious. I mean it, mister. You better be out of here by Friday. Okay, I mean it. You better be out of here by Friday. And you tell me you got to get out by Friday, and here's the deal, though. Friday come, you don't say nothing. Saturday come, you don't say nothing. So watch this. By default, they presume and assume I got a right to stay. That's why every contract has uh, what's called an enforcement clause, which means, watch this, you might get the idea that if I don't enforce it, that means that it's okay for you to do that. But touch your neighbor say, it's illegal in you. He says, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So here's the steps. Watch this. You don't agree with it. Say, I don't agree with it. Then you get prayer and you get anointed with oil. Say, prayer, anointed with oil. And watch this. Here's this next part. Then you repair any breaches. Say, repair any breaches. Bishop, what do you mean repair any breaches? What, what are you talking about? James 5.16. Check out this weird addition to the verse. James 5.16. Watch what he says. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What? Go back to verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another. What? How we go from physical healing to telling somebody that I've been lying on them? Oh, God, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Go to verse 14. Be a good church. Is anyone among you sick? What type of sickness are you dealing with here? Physical sickness, but it has a greater meaning though also. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. See, prayer. Anointing him with what? Oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith will what? Save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Raise him up out of what? Out of sickness. And if the reason he got sick was because of sin, God says, I'm going to wipe that out at the same time. But look at the next verse. But confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Look at me, you missed it. Some sickness has a right to stay 
because you hadn't forgiven someone. So when you prayed for healing, heaven couldn't respond. Come on, church. Verse 16, confess your trespasses. You can only trespass, if we were to use it from a natural sense, on private property, which means you weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> which means, watch this, which means, watch this, which means, watch this. There are certain things that, that watch this, God says, you have done is that you need to repair the breaches. Some folk you've dishonored, you need to repair the breach. Some folk you put your tongue on, you need to repair the breach. See this, now see, y'all want to be healed. That's what the book says. I'm just trying to give you. And you say, I just got it right with God. That ain't what the book says. The book says, confess your trespasses to one another. And then what? Then after you do that, pray for one another. So what? You can be healed. Quiet, church. Jesus says it like this. He says, and when you stand praying, if you have anything against anybody, say forgiveness, which means this is a two-way street. Watch this. You didn't even know this had anything to do with physical healing. He says, there's some stuff you need to let go, but then there's some stuff you need to confess. It's more quiet in here than Mark eleven twenty five. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, do what? Forgive him. Watch the verse. That your father in heaven may also forgive you. What's that word at the end? Your trespasses. Go back, James. Uh, next verse. Come on, next verse. 16. 16. There you go. Confess your what? Trespasses. Go back to Mark. Amen. Your father may forgive your? Go back to James. Confess your? Go back to Mark. Your? Some physical healing is on the other side of forgiveness. So here's my question, and I did this on a script the other night. Who's worth you staying sick? Let me answer the question for you. Somebody say nobody. nobody. Now, did you get it? Jesus is prepaid healing in our soul, spirit, body. I've taught you. Do you understand he wants you healed? Who wants to be healed? Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. 
Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.